could just change it on the spot. <laughs> I didn't, but I could. <laughs> All right, it's good to be with you today, and I'm so happy to see everybody, uh, you know, their faces gathered, singing. It was so great to hear the voices again. Um, it's just so great to be back. Um, well, if I was to ask you, how's your hearing today? I could run a set of tests, um, commonly with kids, it's a beep test, and point to what ear, and then they test, and I could take you further and do some testing about, you know, what exactly of your hearing is damaged, or how exactly you damaged your hearing. So if I said to you today, how's your hearing, we could assess it quite easily. But if I said to you today, how's your listening, that's a whole different test of settings. You only have to have kids for like five minutes, or you only have to be around humans, or married, or all of those things for like five minutes to know that hearing and listening are two very different things. And today we're going to be talking about how's my listening? How am I listening? Uh, what is it like? And um, for the summer, we're using a resource called Right Now Media, and uh, you as a church have access to this resource, and it's... Um, videos of teachings and different sermons and conferences and all kinds of stuff. And we're using them, um, one short video at the beginning of each sermon this summer to show you the diversity that's available in this resource. It's a great devotional tool, uh, devotional help. And so Sam and Katie sent it to me and said, pick a video and... Bible Project is available outside of Right Now Media. Um, and so I highly recommend it. So I picked this video. Um, it's a Bible Project video. If you haven't heard of Bible Project, uh, you need to hear of Bible Project. They are phenomenal short videos. Um, some of them are to do with like overviews of the books of the Bible. I highly recommend Joshua. If you've ever had any questions about war or genocide in the Old Testament, Joshua is phenomenal. Obadiah is great, the shortest, shortest book in the Old Testament, just like a page. Who knew there was so much? But there's a five-minute Bible Project video on Obadiah that's phenomenal. Uh, Jonah deals with how racist Jonah was and just the heart of the book. It's a great video. Uh, today's video is on the Shema, and it's a word study video. So they have um, books of the Bible videos. They have word study videos. They're great. Bible Project, look them up. They're phenomenal. Uh, without further ado, today's video is, yeah, uh, a word study, and then we'll pick up the sermon about our listening after this video. For thousands of years, every morning and evening, Jewish people have prayed these well-known words as a way of expressing their devotion to God. They're called the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And as for you, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. Now, the first word of the Shema is hear or listen, which in Hebrew is pronounced Shema. That's where the prayer gets its name. Now, Shema is a really common word in the Hebrew Bible, and it's obvious why. Hearing is a very universal activity. It's usually connected with the ear, as in Proverbs chapter 20, ears that Shema and eyes that see, the Lord has made them both. Now that seems basic enough, but if you look at the other ways that Hebrew authors can use the word Shema, they use it to mean more than just let sound waves enter your ear. In Hebrew, Shema can also mean pay attention to or focus on. 
So when Leah, who wasn't loved by her husband Jacob, she has a son, and she names him Simon, or in Hebrew, Shimon, because, she says, the Lord has Shamad, that I am unloved. So Shema means to hear and to pay attention to, and even more. It can also mean responding to what you hear. This is why so many of the cries for help in the book of Psalms begin with a call that God listen. Psalm 27, verse 7, Shema my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful, answer me. So asking God to Shema is at the same time asking God to act, to do something. It's similar to when God asks people to listen. Like when the people of Israel come to Mount Sinai, God says, If you shema me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Now, there's a couple interesting things about this verse in Exodus. In Hebrew, the word shema is repeated twice in this sentence to give it emphasis. If you shema shema, meaning listen closely. But also notice that from God's point of view, listening is basically the same as keeping the covenant. So when God asks the people to shema, what he means is that they listen and obey. And that's the last fascinating thing about Shema. In ancient Hebrew, there is no separate word for obey, meaning to carry out the wishes of someone who knows better than you or is in authority over you. So in the Bible, if you want to say, I will listen and do what you say, you use the single word Shema. In Hebrew, listening and doing are two sides of the same coin. This is why later in Israel's history, when the people were breaking their covenant promises to God, the Hebrew prophets would say things like, they have ears, but they're not listening. The Israelites, of course, could hear just fine, but they weren't actually listening or else they would act differently. And so in the end, listening in the Bible is about giving respect to the ones speaking to you and doing what they say. Real listening takes effort and action. And that's the Hebrew word Shema. How's your listening? Uh, this summer, uh, coming up in a few weeks, there's a kids camp for the Lower Mainland. Well, actually, it's open to more this year, the last couple of years because COVID extended the parameters of camp in a box. Um, and so I was doing the speaking for the kids camp that's coming up, and their theme verse is the similar verse. And so I'd seen this video in preparation to talk to children, and then when uh, I was invited to speak here, I accidentally sent the wrong video to Sam and Katie. And so uh, a couple weeks ago, I checked in and I was like, oh, that's not the video I thought I sent, but I'll do it. Um, I think it's, it's good. And one of the things that was uh, powerful about it is I was preparing a couple months ago to speak for Kids Camp. And I was really challenged at the very beginning when they said, in the morning and the evening, this prayer is prayed. These verses are said for thousands of years. And I was like, what would that be like to say, to pray in the morning and the evening, hear, O Israel. And instead of saying, hear, O Israel, I was saying, listen up, Jen. And that was in preparation to teach the kids. I was like, this is, this is what's going on in this sentence. It's talking to the people who follow God. And so it's calling them to attention. And so I would say to myself, listen up, Jen. So hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Listen up, Jen. The Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. And I tried to do it. Uh, I tried to do it. I tried to do it in the morning and the evening, and uh, sometimes, I don't know about you, but when I try to do things, 
I, I don't do them very well. Like, I, you know, try to eat less cheesies, try to do more walking. And sometimes it goes well, and most of the time it doesn't. And so I set an alarm on my phone. And my family can attest to this because they have randomly shut off the alarm uh, at 8.30 in the morning and 8.30 in the evening. They'll, have, they'll hear it going off. The last two weeks that I've been here, my family's been like, we shut an alarm off on your phone. And as soon as I remembered that, as soon as they said that, in my head, whether I was driving, uh, sitting, watching a movie, whatever was going on, in my head, I said, listen up, Jen. The Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And in the morning, it became a point of consideration of the day. Jen, what does it look like for you to go through this day loving God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Uh, which is the Jesus edition in Mark. What does it look like to go through this day loving God? And then in the evening, it was this point of reflection. Are there points where you were not representing Jesus like you would, could, should, want to. And it was this really interesting rhythm of listening to the Holy Spirit in the morning and in the evening. How is your listening? You might not be someone that wants to set an alarm for two times a day to check in with God and, and this awareness of what it is like to listen and obey to follow in the shaping of our life towards a greater and greater understanding of who Jesus is and representing him in this world. You might not want to be that person, but as disciples of Jesus, we are called to greater and greater growth. And as Pastor Sam has been encouraging the last two weeks, looking forward to the, com the community groups in the fall, are you growing and are you intentionally pressing in and listening to what God is saying in the season? Because it's more than hearing. It's more than reading scripture in the day. It's more than listening to a good sermon. It's more than listening to a good song and being like, yeah, that's awesome. And then walking away and forgetting what was awesome about it or how it affects our lives. Am I listening well? We're going to look at three passages of scripture moving through from the Old Testament through to the, uh, the letters of the New Testament to see that this was an important part of relating to God. Deuteronomy chapter 6 is where we're going to start, and it's where the Shema is found. So Deuteronomy chapter 6, you can follow along on the screen. It says, starting in verse number 1, These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me. This is Moses talking in the never-ending sermon that is Deuteronomy. Um, These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. So they're on the banks of the Jordan, ready to cross into the promised land after a few too many years in the desert. Moses is instructing them, this is what's going to happen when we cross the land. So that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live, by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear Israel, hear Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. And then here it is. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. 
you get it down, you got a verse memorized in the Bible. So, you know, it's two things in one. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates, which were all practices that they instilled. I want to talk about the few parts in verse number six and seven about these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts, impress them on your children, and talk about them all the time. Point number one this morning regarding this text, listening builds familiarity with God and his ways. Listening builds familiarity with God and his ways, and that's just the first point today. In November last year, so, you know, like right at the beginning of the second or third shutdown, I have lost all track of time and all track of what went on when. All I know is that I started a new job and we went into the second or third shutdown where we couldn't meet again. And um, so I started a new pastoring job and I couldn't see the people. I couldn't be there meeting people face-to-face. We met on Zoom, which is just a weird way to meet new people. And so we were meeting on Zoom, and then we were limited access on site at the church. And so I'm starting to meet coworkers with masks on. It took me months. I walked past this one person like in February at the mall, and they were like, hey, Jen. And I'm just kept walking like who's this dude saying he's like I'm so-and-so from church and I was like I've never seen your face I could not have picked you out of a lineup it like you could have done anything and gotten away with it because I only knew you from your the bottom half of your face does not match the top and he's like I don't thanks like I don't even know what to say to that but meeting people was the weirdest thing and I kept praying, God, how do, I, how do I do this? How do I do this? And I just felt like you have to build familiarity. Build understanding of these people. What are their favorite drinks at Starbucks? What are their stories of faith? What is the testimony of where do they live? How many children do they have? Like build familiarity with these people. And it's it had been a long time since I'd been in a new place with new people, and it was so helpful to remember that listening to them, talking to them, asking questions of them, build familiarity. It built familiarity with these people. And that's the same way in our faith. At the early stages of our faith, we're building familiarity with God and his ways. We don't arrive here understanding Oh, this is what prayer is. This is what scripture is. This is why they uh, left Egypt. This is why they were in Egypt in the first place. This is what the Ten Commandments. This is how all of this works. This is what worship is. This is why they raise their hands. We don't arrive here understanding all of it. We learn it and we become familiar with this culture and this practice and this faith and these traditions. And it grows in us. And we grow in it, or we should. We should be people who are developing understanding and depth and relationship with God all the days of our lives. So this text calls us to have the word of the Lord on our hearts. To be growing in knowing his voice and conviction and who he is and what his practices are. What is in this 
scripture? How do we interact with it? Last week's message that Sam preached or whenever you last heard a sermon or heard someone teaching on scripture, what are we supposed to do with it other than just sitting here for half an hour listening? I was really like, I, I, sometimes I stop listening after a point strikes me. And last week, Sam said something about we grow familiar with things and then we lose the awe. And I just sat there and I went, yeah, we do. We really do. I really do. And then I moved away from Pal River and came back. And every time, I swear, every time I come down, even just this little stretch towards the church from the house, I'm like, ocean, oh, glacier last night. I'm like, we were walking down the hill to Iguanas for dinner. And I was like, that view is money. Every road in this town points towards the ocean. Are you aware of that? Every time I sit in prayer, I am in connection with the divine God of the universe. Are you aware of that? Every time there is access to God on our hearts, impressed on our children, are our kids around? Are you around children? Yesterday, we had a funeral service for Laura. And one of the things that stood out from her life was her faithfulness to be with the kids and youth and do crafts or prepare crafts or just be at refuge. She was my most faithful person here for youth nights. She was a great assistance for Katie with Sunday school and refuge all those years. And it really struck me that although her children were way grown and way not a part of this, she was invested in impressing on our children and our youth the presence and faithfulness of God. We need more of that. We desperately need more of that. I went to Katie before the service and I said, hey, if I talk about this in church and then say, we need volunteers for Sunday school, are you okay with that? She said, yes. I'm okay with that. We need more people who are willing to impress on the children and youth the faithfulness of God. And we never outgrow that. Laura didn't outgrow that. So if you're looking for places to be involved, consider our youth and our children and being around and just being a faithful presence. She wasn't at the games. She wasn't invested in the games, but she was there, a steady presence. And that is often what is most needed, is there, a steady presence, a support for the people that are in with our children and our youth. Impress it on your children. Talk about it. Talk about it in the morning, in the evening. Put the word of God on your walls, on your foreheads, on your wrists, all the ways. It was just this real heightened awareness of put the word of God places. Talk about it. Talk about his ways, talk about the laws, talk about what it means to follow God together in a community. Talk about it. And this is another point of commercial for the community groups. Being in a group of people that are, um, there's some that'll be specific topics and some that'll be specific, um, yeah, focuses for this time. 
talking about things and growing in things and praying about things in our lives to become more and more Christ-like and representing Jesus well in this community. This is something that took a beating for a lot of people during COVID is the, the ability to connect and the ability to be accountable. And we're finding coming out of COVID, this, the, our, our, our faith is either shaken or some people, one person I was talking to a couple weeks ago, she was like, it was like a pause took place. I'm not worse. I'm not better, but I really didn't grow like I could have. It was like a pause. COVID might have been a total opportunity for you to like dive deep and go deep and just really flourish in your faith. It might have totally taken a beating. We have lost a lot of people, not we here, but my experience in my new uh, place. There has been a lot of people that have, it's been hard and we have lost people in COVID. Where are you at? Where is your hearing and listening? Where is your foundation of faith? Listening builds familiarity with God and his ways. Whether you set an alarm to go off two times a day, whether you take time in the morning or the evening, whether you check in on Sundays, wherever you're at in your faith journey, how is your listening with what you are hearing here? We all hear the words. But how is it translating to your life and your listening and obeying? Number two scripture today is in Matthew, where Jesus picks up this valuable point of hearing is not enough in our faith. And at the end of um, the Sermon on the Mount, so in Matthew chapter 7, at the end of this, another big sermon, I've got like two big sermons and then uh, a text in James, which is less of a sermon and more of a letter, um, but it really does do a good sermon if you just read the whole book of James. Um, so at the end of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus has been talking and teaching and they've compiled all these teachings in one point, it says in verse number 24, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, so everyone who shamas these words is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Point number two this morning is that hearing is not the goal of the familiarity relationship is. Hearing is not the goal of listening. It's relationship. When I am here, when I am at church, when I am in my time with the Lord praying, which is always, well, I, sh I can't say always, but most of the time it's in the woods walking. I pray best moving. I don't pray well sitting. I am like squirrel. Squirrel, squirrel, focus, Jen, focus. But you put my running shoes on my feet and put me on a walk, and I'm like, I pray for mom and dad, Kitty and Sam, and like I know my family on my fingers, and then I have five groups of people on my other hand, and it's just like boom, 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 and it's done. But you, you do the ask me to do the same thing sitting down, and I'm like, I pray for mom and dad, 
Oh, what are we having for dinner? Okay, uh, I need to go for a walk. Oh, what's my next appointment? Okay, uh, so Curtis and Emma. <laughs> oh, these three didn't get prayed for. Let's go back to the beginning and start again. Put my running shoes on and I'm like, boom, boom, boom. So what the goal of that time, that goal of that connection in prayer is relationship. It's not just hearing from God. It's not just, you know, saying the words. It's relationship with God. And there are these times where I'll be praying through my family or praying through this hand, and I'll be like, I need to reach out and encourage them. I need to check in with this group of people or this one person in this group of people. There's just this something that's drawing me to whatever it would be. And as I'm in that time, the goal is relating with the Holy Spirit. The goal is relationship with God and leaning towards the things that he would have me be part of. This text in Matthew talks about those who hear and listen have a firm foundation. Those who hear and don't put into practice are like people who built on sand. How is your foundation? COVID really has revealed a lot of foundations. When the trials came, when the disconnection happened, when the ability to not meet was ordered, it revealed a lot of our foundations. Can we stand in the face of trial? Can we stand when we are not sure we agree with, disagree with, whose plan, what these words are? Can we stand in our faith? When it gets a little bit shaky, when the rains come and the storms rise, are we left standing? How's your foundation coming out of COVID? Is it in need of a little bit of effort? Is it in need of a little bit of care? Is it in need of a little bit of, God, I return to you and I build my life on the rock of your salvation. Now let's go. Hearing is not the goal of the familiarity. So I can get familiar with my people. I can get familiar with the fact that my one friend really likes extra hot caramel macchiatos. My one new friend. I, I have more than one new friend, but one new friend that likes extra hot caramel macchiatos. And that is great to know. It's great to be familiar with somebody. But that is not the goal of this relationship. The goal is a deeper understanding of who this person is. And that's the same with our relationship with God. Hearing the good words, hearing the happy songs, hearing the prayer is one thing. The goal is a deep and founded on the rock relationship with God. The third text today as we move through into the Gospels is in James. So it was important in the Old Testament. It was important to Jesus. And it is important to James, Jesus' brother, who this letter has more in common with Jesus than most of the other letters in the New Testament because he just picked up on Jesus' teaching and talked about these things. Uh, James chapter 1, there is a section on listening and doing, and if we had enough time, I would read most of it because uh, verses 19 through 21 are great, but we're going to pick it up in 22, and it says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror 
and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourselves. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at their face in the mirror and walks away forgetting what they have just seen. That A couple years ago, that illustration became really clear to me. Um, and uh, <laughs> uh, I was just standing in front of the mirror. I'd just read this scripture, and I'm like, God, what is like the power of that illustration? Like, what, what is it about? And I'm standing there, and I'm like, I don't have my glasses on most of the time when I'm looking in the mirror. And I was looking at myself without my glasses, and I go, I'm going, what is that? So I went and got my glasses, and I looked, and I'm like, that's a really big booger hanging out of your nose. <laughs> and immediately, this text came into clear clarity, because I was like, okay, if I look at myself in the mirror and immediately walk away and don't do something about that, that's this text. That's this text. So it's like, if I read the scripture and it's about showing generosity or it's about encouraging one another or it's about praying without ceasing or it's about taking thoughts captive, it's being anxious for nothing. If I read scripture, if I am encouraged by God in a certain way, if I look into the law and receive life and walk away from it and I'm still an anxious wreck, I'm still not encouraging, I'm still stingy with my money, I'm still not sharing my life with others, I'm still all of these things, I'm walking away with a booger. Sorry for putting it crass. <laughs> but sometimes these simple little things really help us. And that's the way it is. When we look into scripture and we don't put it into practice, we're like people who have seen themselves and walk away not doing anything about what they've seen. Another illustration along that line is how many have ever been told something by a doctor or a medical professional and then you walk away and you don't do what the doctor said or what the medical professional said and you maybe paid the consequences. <laughs> a year ago or so, last June, uh, a doctor finally diagnosed. Many of you who have been part of this church for a long time know that I maybe have a history of fainting. Um, I have a history of fainting, a lot of fainting. And finally, last year, I'm like 40 years old, they gave me an understanding. They put words to it and said, this is the diagnosis. Go look it up because diet and exercise, very specific diet and exercise really helps. Great. Go Googled it. Number one thing, drink a ton of water, like hydration, hydration, hydration. I was like, really? Water makes that much of a difference? Talk to the doctor. Doctor says, yes, in your situation, water makes a heck of a difference. Great. Download the app. Input how much water I need to drink a day. I thought I drank a lot of water. There's a big difference between thinking you do something well and actually, like, downloading the app. You're like, oh, no, I, I eat well. I exercise enough. Mm. Dare you to download the app. So I downloaded this water app, started keeping track. I'm like, I do not drink enough water. So I need to drink three liters of water a day. That is not anywhere near it. But you know what happened? I started drinking three liters of water a day, and I felt 
great. Better than I have in most of my life. Fantastic. So you really start to wonder if it is that. Simple. So I don't know. I don't need as much water. I'm working at a new job, drinking a little bit less. It's a little bit easier. All of these things, life changes and whatnot. And then slowly and surely, I started to find myself experiencing all the symptoms that propelled me to the doctor in the first place. And I went to my doctor and my doctor said, are you drinking your water? And I said, no, I'm not. She said, drink your water and check in in two weeks. Started drinking the water two weeks later, totally fine. When we hear and we know and we walk away and we don't do, we're like that. When I know to do, I need to do. When I know it's helpful, when God has revealed it to be the truth for my life, when I know I'm not walking in what he is showing me, I need to be a person that returns to the mirror and walks away from it. Point number three is we never outgrow the mirror. <laughs> we never outgrow it. We never outgrow listening. We never arrive at the point where like, I am good. I have a rock solid everyday foundation in God without the need to lean in and listen. We never outgrow it. I was sitting there, uh, uh, some of the new people at the new place that I'm working, um, I know them from years ago and we were talking a couple weeks ago and I said to them, they just got their 60 years in ministry award. And I said to them, you know, what's one thing that you've learned in all these years? And he said to me, you never get there. You never arrive at the point of not needing grace daily. You never arrive at the point where I am above conviction above saying the wrong thing, above needing to ask forgiveness or repenting or forgiving. You never get there. And I just stood there in the lobby of the church and I went, oh no. <laughs> I was kind of hoping eventually you might just get to somewhere. And just that momentary encourage of you never outgrow the mirror. You never, maybe this isn't encouraging to you. You're welcome. I'm, I'm on the ferry tomorrow, so peace. <laughs> um, but it's just that encouragement that we never outgrow listening to God and doing what the Word says, doing what the Spirit says, doing what the conviction points to. We never outgrow the mirror. How's your listening? Am I listening well? Make it personal. Am I listening well? What's the last thing I felt like God was highlighting in my life or that was standing out? And am I following in that way? Am I obeying that prompting? How's your foundation coming out of COVID? Maybe you were never in COVID. Um, how is the foundation of your life in faith? Is it on the solid rock? When the rain comes, because it will, and the flood waters rise... Are you standing steady and persevering? And what's the mirror saying? What's the mirror saying to your life in this season, in this day, in this moment? 
if I turned to you, if you turned to yourself and turned to prayer and said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. I just looked at my watch because that's where the timer goes off. Jen, listen. The Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. What does that look like today? What is the mirror saying today? And in reflection later tonight, are there points where I will have a moment of repentance or a moment of next time I want to do that better, next time I want to do that different? Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. I'm going to close in prayer today and just pause for a few moments and ask God for a word to our hearts. Ask him to renew our listening, to renew our hearing, whether it was something that was said this morning or something that was said in worship or the word, something that you've been meditating on for the last few weeks or months or year. Holy Spirit, we turn our ears to you, and more than just the hearing that takes place, we turn our hearts to you, and we open our obedience and our willingness to follow your ways again, trusting that, God, you have the best for us, you want this in relationship, you are good, you're gracious, you're loving, you're merciful. We turn to you and pray, God, for a fresh revelation of your word to our lives. Fresh empowerment to walk out your ways. I pray for the foundation of our lives in any areas that have been shaken, any areas that have struggled or been discouraged or been disappointed any of the things that just creep in and, and shake our faith, I pray for a refreshing and a renewal of our passion and conviction and desire to journey with you, God. I pray for our, bil- our ability to hear conviction, to hear the truth off the pages of Scripture, to use the resources that are available to us, whether that's right now media or a community group or turning to a friend we haven't talked to in a few years and saying, or a few months or a few weeks and saying, I just need to talk. Will you talk? Will you pray? Let's pray. Let's talk. God, whatever it would be, I pray for um, just an increase in hearing and obeying. And I pray, God, pray your blessing on us as we journey from this place. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, God bless you all, and there might be some announcements. Yes, if you have any online audience, if you have any prayer requests, there's a thing on the screen. Uh, In-person congregation, if you want prayer for anything, we're happy to pray with you. Um, Yeah, God bless you all as you go from this place.